Welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish, the podcast where Ashley Steiner, Allie Nelson, and Liz McLennan dish up the latest news and insights about Dynamics and the Power Platform. Join us to explore business applications and low-code development with tips, tricks, and real-world experiences. So grab a seat at the table and let's dig in. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back for another episode of Dynamics Hot Dish. As a reminder, please like and subscribe to us on our social media platforms. We're on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And that way you'll get notified when we post our new episodes and our new blog posts. We have a new newsletter on LinkedIn, so you should be sure to check that out and subscribe to that as well. In our episode this week, we're kicking off another mini-series. We're going to give you some tips and tricks on being an admin for Dynamics 365. In our first episode today, we're going to outline a little bit about what an admin is, why we're talking to you about this admin role, and how you can decide if a CRM admin is right for your organization or for your team. Um, So to get us started today, I'll pose our first question to either Ashley or Liz, but when I'm talking about the word admin or having a CRM admin, what is an admin to you guys? Ashley, I think you should go first. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have so many more years of being an admin than I do? I was going to say, because I know that Liz, you started out as an admin and then moved into the consulting world. Allie, have you technically ever sat in a role? of an admin or just worked with admins? I have never technically been an admin, but I've worked with admins. And I think as we go throughout this episode, I'll talk a little bit more about why I've never formally been in an admin role. Got it. Okay. I think it's important just to like note for the the audience, the, the roles that we've played and kind of how we've interacted with this. So um, I've been working with Dynamics for over 13 years. And of those 13 years, 12 of them has been as an administrator. So Lots of experience there. Um, So yeah, so an admin is an internal resource. So I always say it's somebody who sits with the the end user, so the people actually using the system, um, where they sit in the organization as a sneak peek will be our next episode. Um, But there's somebody who works with an internal system, helps support it, manage it. Um, They kind of sit between a technical and a business, you know, business knowledge person It's really difficult. You've got to find like that perfect balance of somebody who understands technology, but also understands business process. Um, But yeah, I would say it's just somebody who supports your internal, um, well, legacy CRM system. And I've always lived in the CE or CRM world. Are there FNO admins, BC admins? Is that something that's common in the other Dynamics products too? I think it kind of depends on what the tasks are for those specific admins, right? Because I've seen it different ways where some administrators are responsible for kind of managing their own backlog of work, promoting code changes, or sometimes that falls on a larger team. And I feel like a lot of the times for the ERP products, it's a larger team in general. So I'm not sure if it's necessarily falling to like one person to be the admin usually might have a developer who's doing the code changes and then maybe a BA or a PM kind of orchestrating those changes in. So I've seen that a little bit differently between ERP and CRM products where CRM definitely can live with like an admin. We'll be right back with you after a message from our sponsor. It's time to rev up your community engines. Where can you find thousands of Microsoft users to connect and collaborate with? Community Summit North America. 
and it's coming to the home of NASCAR this fall. Join the largest independent gathering of the Microsoft Business Applications ecosystem happening October 15th through the 20th in Charlotte, North Carolina. You will benefit from 500 plus for user by user business applications education sessions. 4,000 plus Dynamics, D365, Power Platform, CRM, and Copilot users. 200 plus consultants, system integrators, and ISVs. And your registration includes all meals, receptions, and experiences. Register now for the best rate and hotel accommodation at summitna.com. That's S-U-M-M-I-T-N-A.com. We'll see you there. And now back to your Dynamics Hot Dish episode. So Ashley, how would you describe like a typical day in the life of an admin? Or what was a typical day in the life when you were an admin? Uh, there was no typical day. Every day was completely different. You had no idea what you were walking into. Um, I always remember the quote, like people are like, oh, like, you know, you don't have to complete everything today. You can always get it done tomorrow. And I'm like, no, you can't. Because if you leave this work to tomorrow, it's probably never going to get done. And that's how the life was of an admin, because you just never know what's going to come up. Um, but typically you would deal with things or work with things. I make it sound so terrible when I say like deal with, um, but you work with end users. I mean, your primary number one job is to make sure that people are using the system, that it's a usable system, um, that it's, um, working, it's functioning correctly. Things are up and running. Um, and, and so I would say those are the day-to-day -day things, right? Making sure the system is up and running, it's working correctly. End users are using it correctly and have the support that they need. Um, but obviously there's a lot of other things that go along with being an admin um, that are more long-term solution or long-term things that you work on. Um, but those would be the day-to-day -day constant things I would say that you as an admin would work on. Liz, do you have anything to add to that? It's a good summary. I mean, I think it can depend a lot on the organization too. And are you a solo admin? Are you a team of admins? How much are you relying on that partner? So it's always like it, it depends answer, but I think the things that you like, I think I think of that maybe you haven't touched on very much yet actually is like the data component. So sometimes admins get sucked into a lot of data entry or data cleaning. I personally feel like data input should be put onto the end user and it's part of like effective user adoption, but some companies choose to put part of that workload onto the admin because they can't get their end users to enter the data themselves. Or maybe it's like a data cleansing project or working with an ISV or something like that. But yeah, data can be a big part of it. I agree. It's so funny as I was summing up like my thoughts in my head, Liz, and then turned it to you. I was like, oh, I should have mentioned data. Um, so I'm glad that you did because I was like, that was probably half of the job. That's like what I would do at night, right? When everything else was done at eight o'clock at night with a glass of wine, you're sitting there merging records or fixing phone numbers, things like that as an admin, which I know sounds terrible, um, but I loved it. Like I loved being able to close out my day with like, you know, cleaning up data and feeling like I walked away actually doing something because as an admin, your job is never done. Like sometimes you just never feel like something was completed because um, you're just, you're working with end users, right? So unless you have like an ongoing project and you're instead of just supporting and maintaining your existing system, you never actually kind of complete something. So data for me was always my like, all right, I'm down to like 300 
you know, records that are duplicates. I made progress. <laughs> that kind of thing. It's very tangible. A hundred percent. I love that you say that too, because I likewise working with data. And I think it is because of what you said. It's like, at the end of the day, you can check it off and you can say, cool, I finished this or I made progress on this. And I have a lot of coworkers in the industry too, that say the same thing that like, I love working with data. Um, and I think that's a big part of being an admin. And the other part that you guys have both kind of talked about just now when you were talking is that after a project goes live, the work isn't done, right? So that's really where this admin role is really, really important is to making sure that they're ready to go once the tool is implemented and ready to be used by your organization, because that's when the data problems start. And that's when enhancements get requested and all these other things that fall onto the admin's plate. Um, security, right? I'm guessing you guys manage security as admins too, where new people get hired, people get termed, people move into different roles and a human being has to go in and make all those changes in the system. Um, and you know, there's ways to automate that. And maybe we'll talk about that more in future episodes, but it really is, there's so much work on a tool on an ongoing basis that this admin role is incredibly important to have. Well, I think that's a key point is you can talk about the typical day to day. Like you said, what is a typical day? And I'm like, well, no, no day is the same, right? Because some days you might have, you know, five new people starting. So you've got to get them all set up security training. You got to get there. Like, here's how you log in. You've got to get all that set up versus, you know, the next day you could have somebody leaving and you have to reassign all their data. You have a project kicking off. You have an up, you know, Microsoft just released the release notes for like the next upgrade. I mean, it's just, it's completely different. So, so Ali, to your point, like there's so much that could be sitting on the admins plate that, um, that you just don't know, right? There's so much that covers what an admin needs to do. And I guess that kind of probably goes into like the next part of like what we're going to talk about is what does an admin actually do? Like, what are they responsible for? And I think that that this will lead me into what I was teasing about a little bit earlier too, but it can differ so much by your organization size and your organization needs. So for me, for example, I've worked in a couple larger organizations um, so in the last organization I worked for, it was huge. We had 11,000 employees. It was a very big organization. We had business analysts. We had product delivery managers. We were operating as a product team. Um, so we didn't really have an admin in the typical sense. We had people that did all these different things. So we had a ticketing system where users could come in and submit re enhancement requests. They had to go through a product owner essentially to prioritize those requests with all the different needs of the business. And then we had delivery managers that were responsible for getting those out the door and um, business analysts who were responsible for refining them. Um, we did have some admin level folks that were more responsible for like assigning user licenses and things like that. And those people even fell on a different team. So from coming from like a big organization, instead of having one person wear all of the hats, we had multiple different people kind of handling those different things. And for myself too, kind of the business analyst and then training hat as well, where I can't remember, Ashley, if you've mentioned this or not yet, but I know like you, user training can be a part of admin as well. Liz yeah, has sorry it. for the Leo distraction. Oh, that's fine. Oh, <laughs> love having the pets on the podcast. <laughs> Um, so no, Ali, I hadn't brought up training yet. And that's a good, um, 
something we should definitely dive more into. I know we've done a lot of podcasts on training and best practices and things like that. Um, but I just want to comment about how jealous I am that you've worked on a team with of people who, who um, work on dynamics with you. Cause I've always been the solo dynamics person at every company that I've worked at. Now I've never worked at a company with 11,000 employees, but I think one of them was like six to 7,000. And I was the only person that did anything with dynamics. Um, and, and I will say though, I've had like an intern who kind of turned into like a junior admin, but that was like, you know, for a year kind of thing at, at a really small company that mostly just, he mostly did data work. Um, so yeah, so no, I'm really jealous. Like, I wonder what it's like to not be your own BA, your own PM, your own developer, your own vendor manager, your own, like, that's crazy. Those are all things that, um, I've always had to do. And I didn't even know that a lot of companies had more than one person doing those functions until much later in my career. Ashley, do you have any advice for like, let's say I was talking to a newer admin earlier today and she's solo at her company, just like you described, and she's new to the role and to the system. Do you have any advice for a solo admin that's maybe earlier on in their career of how to find out information and stay afloat and because it's hard if you don't have a peer to go talk to. And I remember even when I was an admin, we were both admins, at least like it was just the two of us. We didn't have a full team, but at least we had each other to talk to about dynamics. Yeah. (laughs) And here we are 13 years later. Right. Um, No. So so the community is what saved me. Right. So finding, um, you know, dynamic communities was running it then. Now we also have dynamics user group. And I know Microsoft has like a user group community. Um, but finding that community and having just people, uh, you know, that that's how I survived and that's how I made it right to ask those questions. Cause I think sometimes as an admin or, and it's probably imposter syndrome more than anything where you kind of just doubt yourself or you're like, okay, have, this has never come up before. I don't know what steps to take, or here's what I think I should do, but there's 17 other ways that I could do it what's the right way. And then having just that community of people that you can, you know, whether you go into a forum and say, Hey, here's a problem that I'm facing. I'm thinking about doing this. Is there another option? Um, or now I just have people's phone numbers and I can just text them. I know I've texted both of you and said, Hey, like, if you come across this before, or how do you do this? Um, so yeah, I would say the community, and that's the reason the community exists is because in a lot of situations, especially in the CRM world. I think like Ali said, you see it less in the ERP world. Um, You are the only person doing what you're doing, Um, especially when you're at like a smaller company and they're, or they're just adopting CRM. Um, It takes a long time to justify building a a full team to support a system. Um, And I think we're going to get into that a little bit later in the podcast is like, when do you know you need an admin? Um, You might not start with nobody and then you get an admin and then you grow from there. So So yeah, I would say the community is probably the biggest thing. Find, you know, an online forum. I mentioned a couple of them. We'll tag them in the show notes as well. Um, Do you have any, do you have anything? uh, Podcasts. Listen to podcasts. I was going to have podcasts. (laughs) So so I'll, I'll say like when I started, it was the community. Now there are podcasts and blogs. And I mean, every MVP that I know is on Twitter posting you know, tips and tricks and things. And, you know, so, so it's a little bit different now than when I was, there weren't podcasts 10 years ago, but now there are. So. And the other thing I'll throw out there too, is it's not bad to have a partner in your back pocket either. 
So even if you just have a partner that you can sign on as like a pay as you go or some type of support like that. So that way, if you do get into a bind and you, then you know, you have someone you can reach out to and get your questions answered. And then your partner isn't one person, right? It's a company who's going to be backed by a lot of different people. So if you submit a question and the person you usually work with doesn't know the answer, then they have a whole team of people they can go to as well. So, I, you know, I got to throw that one out there, but it is good to have a partner in your back pocket in case you need it. Just remember that signing up a partner, are you managing that vendor or is somebody else? Because I know that walking in as an admin role, that management of a vendor was immediately passed on to me, whether that be negotiation, paying the bills, justifying the costs. I mean, all of that was just, here you go. You wanted a partner. You you do all of this work to manage them then. So, so I would also say if you're just starting out, Liz, like in the situation you said you were talking to somebody who's brand new, solo, maybe get some support from, you know, they, I'm sure there's somebody in the company that manages IT vendors. Um, definitely. They do have a partner. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, because yeah, I, I say managing a partner, I think is, is sometimes scary, because they know they know what they're saying, but like, you want to make sure. So um, but yeah, no, I agree, Allie. All right. Well, so circling back, you know, as we've talked through this, we've outlined all these different hats that admins tend to wear from time to time. Um, if, if a company was looking for a new admin and say they only had a budget to hire in one person, what do you guys think are the top skills that that company should be looking for? Other than product knowledge. I mean, number one, I think that they should hire in an admin who knows the product. My biggest one, I'll say I have two. I have two that I'll mention and then I'll hand it over to Liz. Um, you have to feel comfortable talking to end users and feeling like being in their shoes and understanding and having the empathy, um, you know, for the situations that they're in. But you also have to be able to go in front of the executive leadership team and present, okay, I need this much money to do what you want me to do with this system and be convincing. And that takes, not everybody can do either. I can do both of those, right? Not everybody can have the empathy for, you know, the people um, that are working day to day in the rough of things. I think about, I was working with sellers who were literally living out of their cars because they were on the road so much, having the empathy and trying to understand their day to day and then going to the ninth floor and talking to the CEO and being like, well, you want this, it's going to cost $1.5 million. And then having that justification and feeling comfortable in that situation. So um, two very different kind of job functions, but you have to feel comfortable in both. The other one that I'll say is the ability to say no um, with the caveat of like, twisting it so it seems like you're saying yes but still <laughs> saying no <laughs> um a lot of people I, i'll say i tend to be a pushover except in my work life um i'm very good at kind of setting up that boundary and saying no or saying no but we're gonna do this instead and that's definitely something i've learned on the job that is not something that i innately um can it like had in my life clearly because my personal life I am not like that at all but in the workplace I am so I would say those are the two like skills or qualities I think an admin needs to have I want to unpack the saying no a little bit more should we do that now or should I share my no, two skills first okay so I, I totally agree with you um I think that's something just in any role that you need to learn how to do but I also was wondering if we could talk about like I don't think the answer is always no 
I think it could be just a resetting of proper expectations. So like, sometimes it's not a no, it's just a, hey, this isn't my highest priority right now. Like here's all the other things, all the other parts of the business are asking for first. So it's a not right now. And it's a proper expectation around timeline, or it could be an expectation shift around like functionality. Maybe they're asking for X and you can give them Z and Z gets some 90% of the way there. So it's kind of that like scope and timeline aspect if you're thinking about it with like your PM hat on and it's not necessarily always a hard no. And I think actually when you say, but the butt gets thrown in there, that's kind of how you can, yeah, pivot the conversation. And that was something else my newer person was, was challenged with too, is just feeling overwhelmed by the amount of work falling on her plate all at once. And she has been just doing a lot of like long hours and weekends work to like be caught up. But I told her in the long run, yeah, (laughs) I was like, make sure you don't burn out. And like, I think over time she will gain the confidence Mm -hmm. to start saying no and pushing back a little, but it is hard when you're new. Yeah, to do that. Oh, and I think part of that too, it's you might have to push back on your end users and have them prioritize internally a little bit as well. And just pushing back and asking the right questions. So again, this goes to what Ashley was saying at first of like being a BA, being a PM, being a trainer, all of these things, because you really do have to have strong BA skills in exactly what we're talking about in saying no where you might not be saying no, but if someone brings you a crazy idea, the questions might be, did you clear this with the rest of your team? What's the problem you're trying to solve? So you can help them make sure that the solution they're proposing is the right solution. And I think that's a big part of, you know, saying no, but not really saying no to. Yeah, we don't wanna be order takers, right? Like you wanna you wanna unpack the ask of what are they asking for? And there's usually like to your point, Allie, a lot of like analysis and investigation that can go into something before you you jump right to a design build solution phase. Mm-hmm. And when you're overwhelmed, I think that you feel like you can't take the time to do that. You're like, okay, you know what? I'm just so busy, I'm just gonna do what they're asking me to do because I just need to get this done with and move on. And that's probably, I mean, it is, I'm not gonna say probably, that's the worst thing that you could do. It's probably better, I keep saying probably, I don't mean probably. It is It is more difficult and it will be worse in the long run than taking the time to stop and ask more questions and delay other things because it's gonna blow up later. Um, if you didn't, I mean, you're gonna, if it doesn't, you're really lucky. Um, but luck doesn't happen a lot in an admin's role. (laughs) No, and I mean, what happens if you build something for one person, you deploy it to production, and now five people reach out to you going, why did you change this? You know, and then do you backpedal and say like, oh, so-and-so asked me to do this, I'll take it out, I'm really sorry. Or do you just stick to your gut? You know, like it ends up being more work in the long run if you don't figure it out right from the beginning. Exactly. So So Liz, let's go back to your two skills. (laughs) Yeah, so you covered a lot of people skills and communication skills, which I totally agree with, Ashley. I think an important one to me is enjoying um, learning, like continuous learning, because any like any role in our industry, the platform is always changing, and so you're never going to know everything, and so you have to enjoy that process. And also the business is always going to be evolving and wanting and needing different things out of the system. So you have change on the business side and you have change from the platform side. Um, And then my second one, 
I think it's similar, but just liking variety and being willing and happy and able to juggle a lot of things at different times. So actually you or mentioned the ability that, to do that. Yes. Not everybody can multitask. You might yes. enjoy it, but you're really bad at it. Both. <laughs> yeah. You need both you have things. To both. <laughs> yeah. Cause you mentioned earlier, like there's no same day and there's a lot of variety and different things come up. So this is not a repetitive routine kind of job. You, you need to have mm. that skill to multitask and like variety. I think that's huge because of all the different hat wearing and being innovative too. So for your new admin, Liz, the other thing that I was thinking about as you were talking about this is how is she tracking all of the requests that come in? Because a, a lot ticketing of system. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good because a lot of times you might get thrown in that position. You might not. So then you have to be able to be innovative and think, okay, this is a problem I'm encountering. It's making me work harder. And then to Ashley's point, go to the appropriate people and say, these are the things I need to do to enable my job. And I think you need to keep thinking forward and being innovative in that way too. I do find it interesting. So I know Ali, you said obviously product knowledge and, and yes, like, right. You can't walk in being like, Oh, what's a CRM system. Or I have no idea what customers are. So you have to have some sort of like, understanding I think of that but Liz you and I both mentioned things that are non-technology related and I think that speaks to truly what an admin is um and we're gonna I'm so passionate about the topic we're gonna do next time um that I'll try to resist saying too much but I think that that speaks truly to the kind of person and employee that an admin is is that you are you are uh, you have to I don't want to say you have to be a people person because I'm not a people person and I loved being an admin, but you, you're, you're customer service. You truly are. It is way more about the relationships that you build, the front that you put on, how you organize your work, um, how you interact with people. It, it is much more of that. Um, it, it's not a non, it can be a non-technical world. Now, obviously you can have an admin that sits in a corner, configs all day and does nothing else. Um, Again, not going to try to get into too much of next time's conversation, um, but I think an admin has a lot more to do with their personality and the way that they can interact with people more so than the technology itself. If you have good relationships with the end users and the rest of the business, having the conver the BA conversations to find out more or when you need to say no, like those will go a lot better. Mm -hmm. And you'll have, a, I think, just a much more successful deployment and use of the system if you have an admin that's willing to interact with people. Agreed. I do think the point from the product knowledge though is if you're working on a team by yourself and you don't have any support and you don't know the product, you can get into like a really sticky situation then of like, they're asking me to move all this stuff around and I have no idea how to move this around. And then, you know, it also comes into like a, uh, application lifecycle management, like ALM best practices. I've seen some people make some really bad decisions by doing things directly in production. And, you know, so, so maybe not necessarily application knowledge, but just general software or IT product knowledge on, you know, understanding that there probably are best practices and where do I go to find them and all of that. But I think early on to what it would balance down to actually is like having, you know, business knowledge and then technical knowledge. So like if you are hiring from within, and the person hasn't sat on the CRM team before, give them a shot, teach them the tool, you know, get them to learn it. The business can also teach them the tool. It doesn't have to be just admin. Just show me how you're using it and I can figure out how to configure it behind the scenes. Um, so I think those are just some differences that I wanted to call out too. 
So that's a good point, Al- um, Ali, that you brought up. So at what point do you think a company needs a dedicated admin? And and, and let's talk about like a singular admin, because you have to start with an admin, I think, to get to a team. Although you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to start with the admin, but you start with one person to build a team. So a fractional you... admin or a full-time admin? So let's say a full-time admin, because I think the answer is when the fractional admin can't take on the work anymore. So go ahead, Liz. <laughs> I think about it from, well, there's two factors. There's how many users you're supporting, but also the complexity of the system. So you might have a deployment with, let's say, a couple of thousand users, um, but it's a super simple deployment. You might, like, that might take longer until you need an admin, or you could have some, a company that's small, not that many users, but they're using it for everything, and it's mission critical, and it's really complex. So I think I don't know if I have a specific like revenue number or number of users in mind. I think it's a combination. Of <laughs> yeah. Things. You know, because I think that um, I, I think every company starts out with a fractional admin. I've never known a single company to be like, okay, we are going to start today with a full time admin and we don't even have a CRM system yet. That never happens. So I, I think to Liz, your point, it's it's I always think of it as like, when does your fractional admin not have the time or capacity to take on? all of the work that they that, that, that is required to maintain the system. I think that's one of the biggest pieces. Um, the other thing that I've seen is what is your, um, where's that like break even between what you're spending on a, a partner versus what you can do internally. Um, so I think partners are great. Obviously I'm a partner, we're all partners. Um, but I do think that there are some things that you can take on internally if you do have an admin that's better done internally and then have the partner focus on things that a partner should focus on um, and where that like where that break even is, is, is different for every company. Um, but I've seen a lot of companies do it that way as well. They're like, okay, we're spending, you know, $800,000 a year on a partner. What if we paid an admin X amount, you know, it would decrease the partner by, you know what I mean? So doing it cost wise that way. And I think the other thing, too, that I've seen is a lot of people, again, start fractional. And if you do a sales implementation, for example, maybe you have a sales support person who can take on a little bit of that configuration role for a little bit. Um, I would say that if you have something like integrations involved with your system, bring someone on a little bit sooner and plan on having them be dedicated more than just a little bit part time. So there are certain things that we deploy, you know, that you need someone to be able to support from day one. And I'd say something with an integration is one of those because something can go wrong, a configuration changes in your ERP system, you need someone to update the integrations. Um, And then I think, yeah, everything you guys said, I agree where once the workload starts growing, bring on more people or ask your person who's currently doing it fractionally if they want to start doing it full time. Because What ends up happening a lot of the time, too, is if you have like a sales support or a customer service support or someone who's kind of filling that role, maybe they have no interest in doing it long term and they want to go back to only doing their job. Or maybe this is the good segue for them to get into more of a technical role. Again, we'll talk about this next week. But if they want to get into more of that technical role and then start doing the admin stuff full time. So I think it is good to have that conversation with that person from the beginning and see, you know, what direction they want to go to. I want to add in that you need to have a person though like at least a fractional person like i've been on deployments where the business hasn't defined anyone to be accountable and then you go to go live and you're like 
okay, the consulting team wants to hand this off and we have no one that's been involved in owning it from the business side. So you need to have a person for sure. Or there's too identified. many people that are not in that role. They're but like, you need oh, all of one, people. you need right. accountability. So I've seen <laughs> both of them, right? Where you have yeah. like a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, include them, include them, include them. And then when you go live, you're like, wait, six people can't do config. Like they, you know, so I agree, Liz, like you need to define that one person. I, or two, like you can have whatever. a handful, yeah. but six is too many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll get confusing for the users too. Of who do I go to? Who am I supposed to ask my questions to? Keeping it simple, for sure, mm -hmm. is the right way to go. Um, so we're coming up on time. I know that this is like a pretty big topic. Um, there's a lot to it. Is there anything else that you guys had that you wanted to make sure around this topic of like, what is an admin? What do you need an admin? Before we we close out for this first episode of the series. If our listeners didn't get that from our conversation today, this is a very important role. Um, I think it plays hugely into the success of a CRM product and having a great admin can get people really jazzed and excited about the tool too. So having a good admin can improve user adoption and should be working with the users to identify weak areas that can be improved upon. So I think just to, those are my closing comments of like, this is an important role and it's very important to have as part of a CRM team or a CRM product at your organization. Thanks for tuning in to Dynamics Hot Dish, your go-to podcast for all things Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow us on social media for even more insights and updates on the latest trends and best practices in business applications and low-code development. We'll be back soon with another delicious serving of Dynamics and Power Platform goodness. Until then, keep innovating and building great solutions.